I want you to receive. How about a greater clap for the Lord's servant? Amen. Now, Father, may your word be like a bomb of Gilead to our wounded hearts. May your word be like the singing of the birds in the morning. May your word be like a rose in a sick room. May your word be like the rainbow after a storm. Refresh us. Rejuvenate us. Restore us. Revive us. Remind us of the power of the blood of Jesus and what has been accomplished at the cross. We honor and we thank you for the angels of this house. Bishop Flynn Jones and Mama Caroline. The leadership team. The associates. My brothers and sisters. Speak a word. And Father, we will respond. And we bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. And everyone will say, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We want to say thank you so much to uh, our precious brother, Bishop Flynn, Johnson and Mama. We feel like we are right at home here. Thank you, Sister Tiffany, your team for enabling us just to feel that we're just right on. And to Bongi and Colin, thank you, thank you. Let's give him another round of applause. Amen. If you do not mind, let's go straight to the word of God. Genesis chapter 29. Genesis chapter 29. If we can put this on the board and if someone can read those scriptures for us. Genesis chapter 29. If you're in the book of Revelation, we will wait for you. Genesis 29. If someone can please read it for us. Genesis 29. Verse 16 to 20. Bishop, is it okay if I can move around here? In fact, let me do that. Let me just close this baby and just move around there. Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than to anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Hallelujah. 
Life is like a book of many chapters. Some chapters are easy, while some chapters are difficult. Some chapters in our lives are rough, while some other chapters are smooth. Some other chapters are filled with tragedies, while some other chapters are filled with triumphs. I don't have a clue what kind of a chapter you're going through, but the good news is we're going through those chapters. If the truth be told, some of us have just come out of a difficult chapter. Some of us are in a difficult chapter. Some of us, we are going into a difficult chapter. But whatever chapter you're going through, do not let any chapter in your life to define you. Because all of us must pass through chapters. All difficult chapters have an expiry date. Mine expired yesterday. I said mine expired yesterday through this couple. Come on, give God praise. The book of Genesis has eight great facts. Eight great facts make up the book of Genesis. It talks about the creation, the flood, the nations, how Adam and Eve sinned, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Eight great facts. Today the spotlight is on fact number seven, brother Jacob. You remember that rascal? You remember that thief who stole the birthright? It is amazing that when people go through a difficult chapter, they want a shortcut to success. He was anointed, he was appointed to be a great man, but somehow we become impatient. And impatience can be costly. Because if you are not patient, you'll end up becoming a patient. If you are not patient, you'll end up becoming a patient. He steals the birthright in Genesis 28. His brother wants to get rid of him. He runs away. He leaves the comfort of Bathsheba, the comfort of home, and he runs into a place filled with rocks, a place called Haran. Some of you here today, maybe that's why you are here today. A difficult chapter can lead you into the wrong places, but the good news is you came to the right spot. Can I have an amen? It is in Genesis 28 verse 10 where he sleeps. Because the sun had set. Some of you today, your marriage sun had set. Some of you as a parent, your relationship with your children has set. Some of you, your financial things are tough. Things have set. Some of you, your money is shorter than your month because the sun had set. But the good news is this, that the sun will rise again. Can I have an amen? The sun will always rise again. In Genesis 28 verse 12, the Bible says, while he was sleeping, Jacob had a dream. I thank God for giving us dreams today. 
Some of you, if the truth be told, because of the difficult chapter, you no longer have a dream, you have a nightmare. Some of you have an afternoon mare. Some of you have a day mare. Some of you have a morning mare. Whatever may it is, we declare today that you'll be nullified and rendered ineffective because of the blood of Jesus. Can I have an amen? It is in that dream that God showed him some couple of things. Bishop, what I like about that dream, God speaks to him. He says, young man, the land where you are sleeping, I will give it to you, to your children, and to your descendants, descendants. Wait a minute. Stop, rewind, play. How can God say he will give Jacob this land for his children's children? The brother does not even have a woman. No woman, no Christ. The brother does not have a woman. Because when God gives you a word, God gives you something that you can accomplish. God looks at you the way you can become and not the way you are. It does not matter how people look at you, but what I like about God is when he looks at you, he looks at you the way you can become and not the way you are. He is speaking to his future. No wonder in Genesis 29, the brother is looking to and fro, back and forth, looking for a woman. In Genesis 29, Sister Tiffany read, Laban, his relative, the Bible says, had two daughters. The Bible says, the name of the older was... But the Bible scholars were struggling to describe Leah. Some of the Bible scholars said she had weak eyes. What kind of eyes? You just read she had sparkle eyes. What kind of eyes? Some of your translators said she had tender eyes. She had? Some of the versions said she had strange eyes. She had? The Zulu Bible says she had butaga taga eyes. What kind of eyes? Ah, you're speaking Zulu now. She had weak eyes, sparkle eyes, tender eyes, strange eyes, butagataga eyes. In simple Atlanta language, she was not a pretty woman. Let's just cut to the chase. She was not a pretty woman. But the Bible says the sister Rachel, she read it. She was beautiful. They even say in figure. In other words, when you look at Rachel, you remember the song. Pretty woman walking down the street. And then ah, she represented disappointment, failure, setback. So the brother had a multiple choice. It's either ah, bad news, disappointing news, or pretty woman. You got it going, girl. Whoa. Your Bible says between the two, Jacob chose Rachel. And young people, he followed protocol. He did not check with this woman. He went to mom and dad and said, I have been bedeviled. I love this pretty woman. What will it take for me? To marry this woman. Laban was a shyster. She was, he was a businessman. He says to, to this man. Jacob. Seven. Not weeks. Not months. 
Seven brothers for a woman, seven years. But the Bible says because of the love he had for her, seven years was nothing. Seven years focused on one woman. Seven years developing a relationship. Can we now go to the slides? I want to share with you, we will be back after these messages sponsored by. We'll be back. Let's go to the notes then. What I've discovered, can we hear the notes? Is that men and women are always different. Men are like Bluetooth. He is connected to you when you are nearby. But he searches for the other devices when you are away. But ladies, watch this. Women are like Wi-Fi. She sees all the available devices, but she connects to the strongest one. Can I have an amen from the sisters? Next one, my brother. Now, here are eight wrong reasons to be in a relationship. Brother Jacob was focused here, the right reason. But here are eight reasons why people fail in their relationship. Please hit me with all eight or four at a time. Never be in a relationship because you are getting older. Age. It's a wrong reason to be in a relationship because I'm aging. Never get in a relationship because you are caving in to peer pressure. Professional pressure. Parental pressure. Or even church pressure. Never get into a relationship because of loneliness. Some of you, you need a maid and a mattress. Never get involved in that because you are lonely. Number four, never get into a relationship because you are starving for sex. The other ones. Here's number five reason. Never be involved in a relationship because you are on a rebound. I still have got it together. I'm going to show it to him or her. Never be in love with someone with this kind of attitude. Wrong reason to be in a relationship. Never be in a relationship because of desperation. Because desperation will show. Never be in a relationship for a self-esteem boost. Remember, a man or a woman cannot boost your image. You need to learn to realize the power of the blood of Jesus because he's the only one that can elevate you. He's the only one that can attach his blessings upon your life. He's the only one that can elevate your self-esteem. Never be in love with a relationship when your child needs a mom or a dad. That's a wrong reason to be in a relationship. The next slide. I like this. The next slide. Now, brothers, here are eight kinds of women that you need to run away from. Some of you, you are in a difficult chapter because of one of these sisters. If you are married to one, Bishop will break that thing for you today. If you are still dating them, it's time to begin to sing the song. I believe I can fly. If the truth is told, Mama Caroline, some of us were in a difficult position because of relationships. Because relationships are like a lift. They can take you up or they can bring you down. The problem, Mama Caroline, is 
if our relationship here are affected, it affects our relationship with the Father. And then we nullify, we render ineffective what Jesus did for us at the cross. Here are these eight kinds of women. Let's shoot them, my brother. These women, you don't need to pray. No, no, you run away from them. Number one, a drama queen. There are certain sisters. They always must have drama when you are with them. If there is no drama, she makes the drama. If she does not make the drama, she creates the drama. When are you going to finish season one and episode? When are you going to finish that drama? Always emotional. Number two, run away from a material girl. Her name is give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. Always spoiled, spoiled, spoiled. The third kind of sister you need to run away from is a demanding diva. No longer requests, she just demands things. Some of you are in a difficult chapter because of this sister. Always demanding. Number four, run away from a sexually manipulative woman like a Jezebel, like a Delilah. The next four. The fifth woman that you need to run away from is a dominating donor. She's a control freak. She uses the King James Version. Where art thou? Where are you? I'm with Bishop Flynn Johnson. Let me say hello to him. Hello. Hi, Bishop. She controls you from the church to the house according to Google Map. According to? It's 20 minutes. Today you came after an hour. Please tell me what happened to the other 40 minutes. Where are you? I'm in the restroom. Flash. Let me be sure that you're in the restroom. Brothers are in a difficult chapter. Run away from a sister like that. Run away from a Facebook addict. Always selfie queen. Nothing wrong with them, but they are addicted. They are approval addict. Run away from a woman like that. When do you have time to deal with issues? To talk about increasing our capacity. She is stuck in that selfie world. Number seven, run away from a psycho. Brothers, there are some crazy weird women out there. When she comes to you in the way she walks like this, my brother, you run away from a woman like that. We are living in a crazy world. Number eight, run away from Miss Chatterbox. TMI, too much information. She just... Next slide. Some of us, guys, listen to this. The lady say, my prince is not coming on a white horse. He's obviously riding a turtle and definitely lost. Don't give up, my sister. Don't give up. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one for you. Marriage is a relationship in which one is always right and the other is there. Let's not go there. God will reveal what I'm talking about. The next slide. The next slide. If you are wrong and you shut up, you are. But if you are right and you are shut up, you are. God will reveal that to you. Let's move on. Let's move on. Never laugh at your wife's choices because my brother, you are the next one. Just checking, just checking that. Sisters, sisters, sisters. Some of you precious women of God, you are in a difficult chapter. 
And it has nothing to do with the devil. You are giving the devil too much airtime, too much data. It's because of the brother. There are eight kinds of men you need to run away from. You don't pray, you just run away from them. If you are married to one, Sister Caroline will here to pray for you. Here they are. Let's hit them all. Number one, my sister ran away from a sarcastic man. There are brothers who will always bring the worst out of you. When they look at you, they just see a lay, ah, weak eyes, sparkle eyes, tender eyes, strange eyes, butaratara eyes. They never see the greatness inside of you. Always sarcastic. Second kind of brother you need to run away from is a vanishing man. The vanishing man, he is here. He says, I will be back. The brother is gone. And most of the time he leaves something that he has scored and he's just gone. He's just vanished. And you know the rapture has not come up because Bishop is still here. But the brother is gone. Number three, run away from this kind of man. Run away from this kind of man. Slippery man. There are brothers who are smooth talkers. Slippery. I'm inhaling and exhaling under the atmospheric composite of this vicinity. Watch out for a slippery man. The fourth kind of man that you need to run away from is a chicken man. Never makes decisions. And you as a woman must make a decision. If the decision is yielding results, he gets the credit. But if the decisions are failing, you get the blame. Chicken man. You don't know whether it's Popeye or chicken licking. I mean, whatever it is, run away from a chicken man. Man who is not decisive. Another one that you need to run away from is? What kind of a man? A mysterious man. He speaks in tongues and he forgets that you do not have the interpretation of the tongues. It's after church. Honey, what would you like for us to eat? He is mysterious. What did you say? Short ribs. Did you say ribs and cauliflower? He's mysterious. And he forgets that you do not have the gift of the interpretation of tongues. What do you want? I mean, he's just he's mysterious. How can you develop a relationship with a man like that? Another man that you need to run away from is what kind of a man? Secretive. He works for the CIA or FBI. You don't know whether he's wise included in the Mueller report. You don't even know that. He's always secretive. Always secretive. You don't know the truth. Another one that you need to run away from is what kind of a man? Commando man. He always commands you and he puts the name of Jesus. I command you to kiss me in the name of Jesus. What do you mean put the name of Jesus? A man must earn the trust of the woman. We dare not command. But when a person commands you, you have a problem. We only have one master commander and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Next slide. Next slide. Mama's boy. Oh, the brother cannot even buy anything. I got to consult with mama. He's never grown up. 
You're married to a mama's boy. Trust me, you will have challenges in life because you're not only dealing with this joker, but you're dealing with his mama and mama's mama and you're not going to have an easy life. No wonder some of us are going through a difficult chapter in our lives because of the wrong relationship. Next one. I'm sorry? Oh, challenge of the system. Okay, do, 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 let's see. Okay, I'm just going to move on. That's fine. So, Jacob is now seven years focused. Focus on this woman. Your Bible says, after seven years, he came back to Laban and said, I have paid my dowry, the cows, the chicken, whatever it was. Everything was paid in full. The brother was on top of the world. In the culture of the day, they will also do their weddings. RSVPs, invitation cards were sent. But because Palestine, because that place is hot, all the festivities were conducted in the evening. It was the culture of the day. The second thing about the culture of the day, you could never see a woman. Even today we do that. They will put a veil upon her face. It was the culture of the day. The date came. People responded. RSVP. Responded silver plate. They responded. Everything was wonderful. I could imagine. Maybe they were in a beautiful setting like this. Nice romantic music playing. And suddenly, here was a brother Jacob with an old testament tuxedo with forcefulness in his steps. He says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Seven years. I would imagine he'll be coming here and then suddenly tam tam tadam tam tam tadam everybody standing up and when they looked here was a woman clad clothed in white a veil upon her face. Some of the single sisters said Lord if you can do it for her please do it for me. It was wonderful. All the rice and the paddles were sent. She just came and maybe that time Bishop Flynn Johnson was conducting the wedding and I could imagine with his booming voice he looks at Jacob and say Jacob do you take this woman as your law fully wedded wife not all fully wedded wife law fully wedded wife Jacob with a deep very wide voice says yes I do and do you woman take this man as your law fully wedded husband she said yes I do it was a wonderful atmosphere he pronounces them husband and wife covenant now go seal the covenant I could imagine Jacob picking up that woman they are off sister Beverly to an old testament Marriott hotel for the honeymoon your Bible says in verse 25 of Genesis 29, in the morning, I would imagine, brother Jacob took the veil, wait a minute, it was lay, sparkle eyes, strange eyes, weak eyes, tender eyes, butaga taga eyes. How do you handle disappointments in your life? How do you handle challenges in your life? How do you handle failures in your life? It's not a matter of if. All of us 
Either we just came out of a difficult chapter. We are in a difficult chapter. Some of us are going through. How do you handle it? She's right there. And you know this guy, Jacob, is not a spirit-filled Christian. Because spirit-filled Christians, Stephanie, they go like, it may be difficult, it may be rough, but joy, joy comes in the morning. No, there was no joy in the morning. It was ah! bad news, disappointment, failure. There was no joy. It was Leah. How do you handle a difficult chapter? Number one, repeat after me, please. We must, by God's grace, face our challenges. Face our layers. In 2 Timothy 1.7, the Bible says, For God did not give us the spirit of timidity. For God did not give us the spirit of fear. But he gave us the spirit of power, love, sound and disciplined mind in the middle of a challenge God says do not allow fear to paralyze you it is a spirit of fear that will paralyze you yes it is a difficult chapter but you realize that even in that situation you stand firm because of God God will give you that power that sound and disciplined mind to face your challenges remember you can never conquer anything until you confront it. What is it this morning that you need to confront? What difficult chapter in your life do you need to confront? Face it. Not in your strength, but in our weaknesses. The Bible says he is our strength. Face your layers. Don't run away from them. Sooner or later... You need to face them because God wants you to have life and life in its abundance. You gotta face this thing. Number two, repeat after me please. We must, by God's grace, trace our challenges. Trace our layers. In other words, where are these challenges coming from? Yes, there are three areas. It can be the devil trying to distract you. But most of the time, these challenges are made of our own decisions. Some of us, you rushed into things, into a business deal, into a relationship. You rushed before you heard what God was saying. And now you find yourself in this predicament. Trace it. Where is it coming from? David in the Bible in Psalm 26, verses 1 and 2, he allows God, he says, God, examine me, introspect me. In other words, even check my motives. Why did I do what I did? What was my motive? Trace it. Number three, repeat after me, please. We must, by God's grace, place our layers, place our challenges at the feet of Jesus. First Peter 5, 7. First Peter 5, verse 7. The Bible says, you and I need to learn to cast some of our burdens. Is that what it says? It says, cast only 99.99%. The Bible says, you and I, whatever challenges that you and I have today, as Bishop prays for us, God says, give them all. 
And all in Greek, in Zulu, in Kosa, all means all. Casting all of your cares, all of your challenges, place it. Because I've realized, even right now, I'm going through a difficult chapter. Then Baba Caroline picked it up yesterday. You try to carry stuff in your life. There is a time when you say it's too heavy. There is a time when you go back to what Jesus said. He says, come unto me. All of you with heavy burdens. All of you with heavy luggages. He says, come give me the stuff. I will give you rest. Come, let me take the yoke for you and with you. You face, you trace, you Place. Number four, repeat after me please. We must, by God's grace, allow his grace to help us. Grace your challenges. Romans 8, 28. The Bible says, for we know, we're not guessing, for we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Not everything that is happening in our life is good. But God is still the master planner. He can still turn your mistakes into miracles. He is a master weaver. That all of our mess that can be a message. Even when you're going through a difficult time. He says even the night can be a blessing for you. Because sometimes you need a night to see the stars. Sometimes you need the night to see the stars. The stars are already there, but during the day, you do not appreciate the splendor and the glamour of the stars. It is only during the night when you realize that when you look up, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, even in the night, you can appreciate the stars. Allow God's grace to operate in your life. G-R-A-C-E. God's resources available continuously every time. Whatever you need, God is. He says, I am. God's resources available continuously every time. Number five, repeat after me please. By God's grace, he will help us erase our challenges. Psalm 37 verse 4. Psalm 37 verse 4. The Bible says, if you and I delight ourselves in the things of God. Psalm 37 verse 4. You and I, we make an intentional, we make a decision that I want to please God. Even during difficult times. Because in any crisis, there is risk and there is opportunity. Any crisis. And a leader is not made in a crisis. A leader is revealed in a crisis. So even in a crisis, there's always the negative and the positive. No wonder the cross, the minus and the plus, the negative and the positive, the scars and the stars. I'm speaking to someone here today. The blood of Jesus is still powerful today. Can I have an amen? Jacob was probably listening to this sermon. He says, okay, face, trace, grace, and all this stuff. The Bible says he went back to Laban. He says, Laban, I'm not happy. But you see, he forgot, Bishop. Because what you sow, you shall reap. He also betrayed his brother. So now somebody wiser betrayed him. 
It's called life. Even with us as Christians, as long as you are in this world, please realize the Bible is clear. Many are the afflictions of the, not the wicked, many are the afflictions, not of the heathens, many are the afflictions of the, but here's a beautiful part, but God will deliver us out of all of them. We go through stuff. It's part of this thing called life. Life happens. He goes to Laban. He says, Laban, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I know that I may have been knocked, but I'm not knocked out. Because when life knocks you, don't fall on your face. When life knocks you, fall on your back. Because when you fall on your back, you can look up. When you can look up, you can get up in the name of Jesus. He says, I am prepared to do whatever it takes. Laban, wonderful businessman said, another seven years. My brothers, 14 years for a woman. 14 years. But because of the commitment, the dedication, the Bible says he served another seven years and found Rachel. But don't be quick to kick Leah off the curve. Don't be quick to belittle Leah. Don't be quick to shove Leah on the side. Because two points deserve notice. Point number one. Did you know Jacob's name was changed into Israel. They had 12 children. Did you know that 10 out of 12 children came from Leah and the concubines? Ah, I said yesterday, when there is rejection, there will be direction in the name of Jesus. When people discount you, God will elevate you in the name of Jesus. Number two, did you know that the only woman buried with Jacob the only woman buried with Israel is not that pretty woman walking. No, 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 no. She was buried under a tree. But that weak eyes, sparkle eyes, butagatara eyes, tender eyes, whatever it is, she was buried with Jacob. I pray that all those people who are your haters, they will see God elevating you in the name of Jesus. People will celebrate you. No wonder. In a night, Jesus is with his disciples. They finish the supper. He is going through a challenge. His chief financial officer just betrayed him. He takes the other 11. They go through the meandering roads of Jerusalem. They go through a meandering roads of Jerusalem. And the Bible says, he goes to a place. Remember, there's a mountain called Mount Olive. Beneath this mountain, it's a garden called the Garden of Gethsemane. The word Gethsemane means a crushing place. They will take the olives and go down to the garden to crush. When he gets into that garden, into the entrance of the garden, the Bible says he did something interesting. Out of the 11 people, he only chose three. Not that the other eight were not important, but sometimes when you're going to go through a challenge, you don't need everybody to know your stuff. You only need few people that you trust. 
few people that you can be vulnerable to because at the end of the day, it's none of their thank you. He takes the other three people because I have learned during my difficult time that there are three kinds of friends. Two of them are not important for you. There is a friend of the past. There are certain people when you go through a difficult time, they remind you of your past. They forget that you are no longer a prisoner of your past, but you are a pioneer of your future. They forget that the blood of Jesus nullified your past. They forget that the past is a point of reference, not a place of residence. You come from there. Isaiah 43 verse 18, the Bible says, do not dwell any longer in the, in the past. Because the Bible says in Revelation 12 verse 11, you and I overcame through the blood of Jesus, through the word of our testimony, and through our radical stuff. My brother, my sister, in a challenging time, you need to say bye-bye to the friends of the past. But the most difficult people to say bye-bye to are the friends of the present. Because in a difficult time, these friends of the present will show their true colors. You realize that they were your friends with conditions. They like you. They love you with conditions. As long as they use you, as long as they exploit you, they are your friends. But when you really need them, they are not there. In South Africa, we say, when days are dark, friends are few. Jesus picked up those three because he did not need a friend of the past. He did not need a friend of the present. He needed friends of the future. In a difficult time, you need friends like that. People who will believe in you more than you believe in yourself. People who will remind you that it might be a difficult season, but a difficult season must not define you. It's just a season. This too shall pass. You need a person like that who will defend you even in your absence. Who will add and multiply your life when you can do nothing from them, but they see potential in you. Jesus only brings three people. He says to his disciples, Pray for me. Pray with me. They got freaked out. Oh, Jesus, wait a minute. You are the guy who's walking on water healing. We need to pray. What do you pray? Because we need to end up saying in the name of Jesus. Now, what we pray for you, what we pray for? It would have been interesting to hear the discussions. Jesus leaves them. The Bible says he goes a stone throw away, not far. And the Bible says he goes there, Bishop, he prays three times. I listened to you yesterday, Sam. Three times the same prayer. He looked at this cup that had your nonsense and my nonsense, your sins and my sins. It was too heavy. It was a difficult chapter. He said, Lord, is there an easier way out of this? If it is, remove this cup this cup away from me. Ah, but listen to what he says. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In the other translators, a translation, God was impressed with that latter part. The Bible says, God sent an angel. Luke tells us, God sent an angel not to take Jesus out of a difficult chapter, 
but she sent an angel to strengthen Jesus so that he can fulfill his assignment. I believe, Mama Caroline, that Jesus once again whipped the devil privately. Because most of these challenges do not happen whilst we're in church. It is when you are alone. When the tears are flowing. But remember, the greater the tears, the clearer the vision of God upon your life. The greater the tears, God looks at those tears. He knows what you are going through. And he sent me today to encourage you. If he can take David Malapo out of a difficult chapter, he can do it for you. They came, you know the story. Took our master and savior. Beat him up. That's a powerful thing this morning, Sister Tiffany. To be reminded about the brutality of the cross. But when Bongi and Colin were saying it is finished, I put my sanctification imagination that that drop of blood, when he said it's finished, hit the soil and it spoke to the soil, it is finished. The soil spoke to the grass, it is finished. The grass spoke to the tree, it is finished. The tree spoke to the branches, it is finished. The branches spoke to the birds, it is finished. The birds spoke to the clouds, it is finished. And the clouds went and the clouds spoke to the angels. It is finished. The angels went to Elohim. Elohim. And God was given the message. It is finished. The devil misinterpreted that. He thought the people are finished. Jesus is done. Who next is coming? So I'm here to encourage you. It is not over until God says it's over. If Shakespeare was a Christian, he would have said something like this. If Shakespeare was a Christian, hangest thou in there. Remember, he's Shakespeare. Hangest thou in there. Don't give up. Don't quit. Because winners, winners never quit. And quitters never win. Trust him. Even in a difficult situation, trust him. On the third day, I put my imagination, God Almighty, El Enyon, spoke to the angels. Mission is accomplished. The angels spoke to the clouds. Mission is accomplished. The clouds spoke to the birds. Mission is accomplished. The birds spoke to the branches. Mission is accomplished. The branches spoke to the tree. Mission is accomplished. The tree spoke to the grass. Mission is accomplished. The grass spoke to the soil. Mission is accomplished. The soil looked at those stones and says, move those stones because the mission is accomplished. And because Jesus lives, I can face tomorrow. Because Jesus lives, you can face tomorrow. Because life is worth a living. Because Jesus lives. I thank God for his blood, Bishop. I thank God for his blood. That his blood cleansed me from all unrighteousness. And because I love Jesus so much. 
it does not mean that even though I'm cleansed that I will not go through stuff. But the beauty of it is he promised that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So if you are here today, I want to encourage you. Yes, it is a difficult chapter. Yes, it is a layer. But it ends up beautifully because at the end of the day, because of the blood of Jesus, he will change our personality. Because of the blood of Jesus, he will conquer our problems. And because of the blood of Jesus, he will cancel our past. I declare a new beginning, a fresh start as we all stand up in the name of Jesus. Amen.